This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Get out your magnifying glasses, boys and girls, because on this week's episode of Headlock Talk, we are joined by none other than Josh Robinson as we explore some of wrestling's greatest mysteries. Yes, that's right. You are now entering the Josh Robinson Detective Agency. Everybody out there, I hope you guys are well. Um, I just wanted to uh, kind of intro this here. Uh, I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. Um, and uh, today's actually my fifth year wedding anniversary. Uh, so um, I, I'm in a, a pretty good mood, I, I would say, all things considered. Um, though, though I wanted to take just a brief moment and... Um, uh, kind of talk about something that's uh, really kind of <laughs> been very, very heavy uh, here in the community within the last, you know, 24, 48 hours. Um, obviously, uh, it's been a very tragic week here um, uh, in the wrestling community regarding, um, obviously, the the untimely deaths of both uh, Shad Gaspard and uh, uh, last night's news regarding Hana Kimura. Um it, it, it's just very much mind-blowing to me 
uh, kind of everything here uh, that's been going on. Uh, obviously, Shad Gaspard, um, he he died saving his son, um, you know, in just a hor- horrible tragedy. Um, so, I mean, it's just... Um, words can't describe uh, kind of how I, I, I truly feel about how heroic... Uh, Shad Gaspard is uh, and 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 was during that you know very trying time. Um, I mean he's he's going to be remembered as certainly one of the good guys of the business and and uh, I mean I can't find any instance of anybody ever having a bad thing to say about him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I certainly send. Uh, our thoughts uh, and prayers to uh, the family of Shad Gaspard. And then, of course, Hana Kimura, um, the news that broke about her um, last night and her tragic passing. Um, she was only 22 years old, guys. Just just 22. Her, her life and her career were really just beginning. Um, and she had a lot of promise in stardom, especially. She had the whole world before her. Um, it's, it's super crazy. It's tragic. Um, I, I know that we've mentioned this before online and before, uh, here on the show as well. Um, bullying, um, and in this case, cyberbullying, uh, of any sort is not okay. Right. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it is, stuff that, you know, um, it, it, it is just, it, it comes from a place of, of, of hate and, and want, and that is, um, that is no excuse, right, uh, for, for, for any kind of cyberbullying or bullying in general, right, um, it, um, man, I'm, I'm very much at a loss of, for words, for, um, for, for what's happened uh, regarding her situation. Um, please, you guys, if at any point, um, you know, heaven forbid, uh, you have thoughts of uh, self-harm or uh, suicide, um, there are uh, people that love you. There, are, You have family that loves you. You have friends that love you. Um, and there are professionals, um, you know, that, 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 that can help you. There are there are hotlines that you can call, suicide prevention hotlines. You know there are there are counselors who can help you um, get through uh, the thoughts and uh, that you have and the feelings that you have. Um, and um, yeah, it's just um, it's just horrible uh, what's happened here. Um, so um, our, our thoughts and prayers are with her family as well. And, um, I guess what we, what we set out to do here on this week's episode, um, we did record this in advance with, uh, our dear friend, Josh Robinson. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, we, we hope that this week's episode brings smiles to faces. We hope that you can join us in having some laughs. We do get awfully crazy (laughs) during this episode. Um, as we always do with uh, with with Josh when he comes on the show, um, but uh, yeah, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I hope you guys are well. And uh, yeah, um, maybe we'll get a chance to watch some Double or Nothing later and uh, uh, maybe maybe talk to Steven, see how, uh, see how Steven's doing. So without further ado, you guys, uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. We are joined, of course, by none other than Josh Robinson as we open the Josh Robinson Detective Agency for business. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap. Oh snap indeed. I'm of course the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, right across from me here, the one and the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Hello. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's, it's great, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> nice. I'm glad to hear that. That was very odd of you. <laughs> Oh, we are not alone today here. We have uh, help, uh, gotten some help here. Uh, we have formed a, a new wrestling detective agency here, and the man with his name on the plaque outside of the building here. Uh, of course, our great friend, the one, the only Josh Robinson. Josh, how are you doing today? Hello, I plan to take all of the credit and do none of the work, so... Hey man, that out there. that's that's fine. I, th- I think that's uh, what happens every episode that <laughs> you join us on, right? <laughs> no, we, no, we we we, lo- we love you so much, Josh, and we're we're glad to have you on this special episode. Yes, um, we've been. <laughs> this has been something in the works for uh, it seems like a little while now. A, a long. It's while. It's been on your end. I you gave me the idea, and I was like, I don't know if I can pull this off. And then mm. you kind of kept coming at me with it, and I was like, Let me see, and I just couldn't. And then you did, and I was like, Okay. You you do this and I'll just come along for the ride. <laughs> yes. We are now the Josh Robinson Detective Agency. Yes. Thank uh, you for the namesake. Appreciate th- it. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it's t- just my name. <laughs> t- today, the three it. of us... <laughs> today, yeah. the three of us will dive down into some of wrestling's greatest mysteries. Yes. yes we, we have reached out to you on Twitter uh, to find out what wrestling mysteries... You need solved. Mm. Mm, indeed. I hope we don't get sued. No. <laughs> you think that music's in the public? That was uh, sphere that was things? a throwback to Headlock Talk pilot episode. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, like seemingly oh. a decade ago at this ha- point. <laughs> hashtag original content. Yes. Moving right along. <laughs> Um, let's see here. So we reached out to you guys on Twitter. We've got a whole lot of, uh, uh, questions and mysteries that we need to have solved. Uh, Josh, I I guess you have the Twitter thread pulled up on your end as well, right? Uh, I'm just getting it pulled up right now. Okay. I'll I'll read out the, the first couple here, uh, and then, uh, we can kind of go on the round and try and solve these mysteries. Okay. All right. Uh Okay. So, uh, our good friend of the podcast, Mike Charlip at MikeJC821 on Twitter, he asks, why does JBL block people when they make fun of him, me included? <laughs> I thought he was tough. Um, so I guess this is uh, kind of uh, on, a, on a personal level for, for, for Mike and I guess for JBL as well. Uh, Steven, what do you make of JBL being a bit soft on the, the online activities? Nah, I mean... Uh... He's probably got some insecurities. Yeah. Who doesn't? Fair, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. I guess the real question is here, Mike, what did you tell JBL to make him block you? <laughs> That's also important. Yes. <laughs> I need the full picture here. Right? Like, you, 
I mean, some people can go off, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, other people read it the wrong way. Uh, there, this could go down in many different directions. Mm-hmm. Really, truly, uh, Josh, do you have a take on maybe why JBL blocks people on Twitter? Well, I just kind of agree. As the great One Direction song says, you're insecure. So I'll just go with that as well because he probably <laughs> is. He he probably is a little bit insecure. I'm sure that plays a part in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like yeah. to know what Mike said, though. Hit us up, Mike. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> Slide in those DMs. Yes, please. A- ask away. We would we would love to know what you've told JBL to make him block you. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, another question here uh, by Mike. Um, he also asks, um, actually, actually, there's two more here. Why did the Nexus help Kane bury the Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of have to go way, way back in the, in the in the time machine here. Josh, do you remember this happening? Yes, I certainly do. So so kind of give us a, a guided narrative here and, and your take on why the Nexus maybe perhaps helped uh, Kane bury the Undertaker. Well, so for a little bit of context for anyone that wasn't watching WWE programming in 2010, Kane and the Undertaker in this long feud, Paul Bearer was involved from memory. They had a Hell in a Cell match and they it was bragging rights 2010. I believe, and they had a buried alive match. You know, Kane and Undertaker matches or whatever, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. They've never <laughs> been that great. The story, the story of Kane and Undertaker is brilliant and it can kind of overpower any of the match. That's a different topic for a different day. But um, Nexus came out and helped Kane bury the Undertaker, and we never really found out why. Mm. Um, the only explanation that I have is that Kane used his demon powers to hypnotized the nexus and they mm. helped kane beat the undertaker mm. interesting so maybe like a supernatural kind of mm. element to this mystery i mean huh? kane can make fire come out of turnbuckles i'm it's sure true. he can make people bury his brother that's true yeah yeah i would do it if i could i'd help some if i was having a buried alive match with my older brother i would also want to help get people to help i don't care how i win as long as he's buried fair enough <laughs> i hope you never do that to your own brother uh, well, only if he deserves it. Hey, I, I won't. I won't light him on fire today. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, Stephen. Do you remember this mystery? I do. Yeah. Uh, the only possible thing that I can think of is maybe, maybe Wade Barrett's like Kane's bastard child or something. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, contextually, I mean, from my own memory, if 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 it serves me right, the Nexus just had a habit of finding people uh, that were very well established and were just beating them down wherever they got the opportunity from. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they just found this as another opportunity with a very high stakes kind of person, uh, victim, if you will. Uh, the Undertaker, you know what? A be- what better name to make a name for yourself with mm-hmm. than uh, than that of the Undertaker? So, so you're saying this is way more simple than than anyone's thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no <laughs> superstition, no. Uh, no I have easily the lamest answer here. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. no bastard children. No bastard children. Okay, but may- maybe, perhaps. I mean, I-, I think yours is the more likely. Well, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> you're but I like the logic here. Yeah, but I, mean, I like mine and Josh's better. I know. Hypnotize people. I didn't realize what I said. 
I'm for it. If Kane was a hypnotist, I'd be so down. He could, yeah. He's a mayor now, so, you know, he can do uh-huh. anything. Ooh, maybe that's an added element. Maybe Kane was like, look, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be the mayor of a small city in Tennessee, <laughs> and I'm Y'all going to leverage if beer. you... Everything. Yeah. You can if, have anything you want. If you don't do this for me, I'm going to u- leverage my political powers to have you deported, Wade Barrett, and <laughs> to, to do all sorts of other crazy, awful things to every one of you. Okay, done. That's my favorite. Including release them all from their contracts. Ho, ho, he, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes, it was a very... Not that sl- that happened. <laughs> I'm, I mean, considering that this angle was dropped shortly after, this, this may have been a very slow burn approach to that exact uh, thought here. Mm-hmm. Storytelling. Uh-huh. They always say WWE doesn't have long-term stories. Well... I beg to differ. <laughs> here you go. Here this you is go. this is it right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like um, Mike has one last one for us. It seems uh, he asks um, regarding the oh, actually two more uh, regarding the Vince McMahon lockbox. Yes, the one from uh, I believe it was WrestleMania 32. Uh, uh, Vince McMahon had a lockbox. He has something uh, that uh, would would I guess be Shane's uh, if um, if uh, Shane beat the Undertaker at at WrestleMania in the Hell in a Cell. Um, I, th- I think my context is right. I mean, Josh, it, 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 am I am I totally off base here? I think that's what he's referring to. I honestly forgot that thing ever existed. Mm-hmm. So there there was a lockbox from my memory, and I think whatever was inside the lockbox would then be Shane's had mm-hmm. had the uh, had he beaten the Undertaker. I see. But since Shane didn't beat the Undertaker, the lockbox was never his. But Shane still kept, I guess, being an authority figure on Raw following that. I don't know. Uh, so, gentlemen, I mm-hmm. guess let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. What is inside Vince McMahon's? Private lockbox. Well, if it's meant to go to Shane, it has to be something that only Shane would want. But is it meant to go to Shane, or is it just a lockbox of Vince's that he would give to Shane? It's true. Yeah, it could uh, be anything. It, it could be. Uh, I'm under the impression that there is probably. Hmm. I'm I, I'm having trouble thinking of the item specifically, but I, I imagine that it probably <laughs> reflects Vince's love. For Shane McMahon, mm. and because he didn't go out and win that match, uh, Vince doesn't love Shane. <laughs> Vince, Vince hides away <laughs> happy his birthday, Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, right. The, like the happy birthday tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. The only thing that would have made that tweet better is if you put a period after birthday. It's, <laughs> right. It's some sentimental object that he would give Shane, or like a note. Doesn't even yeah, tag yeah. him. He just writes happy birthday with a picture of Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like a but Valentine a card. Stephanie next to him, like Stephanie's like right up here. Like Shane's just like, oh, it's your birthday. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It'd be even better if it wasn't like, if it the picture wasn't even focused on Shane. Shane's actually just in the foreground. Yeah. It's a picture of it's Stephanie. Blurry. Like <laughs> Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville crap. And he's just in the background and Stephanie's just like yeah. standing there. He's in the background shoving like potato chips in his mouth. Like, yeah, like eating a sandwich. Yeah. Like, Happy birthday, Shane. He's like way off in the distance. Oh, But. But now I'm imagining mm-hmm. like like a John Cena Valentine's Day card. Oh, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. That'd be a nice gift for Shane, I guess, oh, if mm-hmm. it was inside the lockbox. Uh, Josh, what's your take? What is inside Vince McMahon's secret lockbox? 
Well, going on with like what Stephen said with his love, you know, something that that Shane will love, and I feel like we haven't seen. Uh, we, we've seen Stephanie a lot and we've seen Shane a lot. We've seen Vince, but there is a McMahon we haven't seen mm. for a long time. Oh, and God. I think inside that box is one Linda McMahon. Oh, and if he won, he would have got his mother. <laughs> How big is this lockbox? Linda might be quite a flexible lady. You know, she could get in there, hide away. Shane, help me beat the Undertaker. If not, he's going to keep me in this lockbox. Ah! Yeah, she is quite flexible. She is in the Trump administration. So Very, I mean. very... Oh. Uh, she's very limber. You know, she sells a great stunner, has some great theme music. You open the box like... And it's just like, no, no, no. But Shane, Vince is like, shut up, Linda. Get away in there unless Shane win. Shane never won. So somewhere, Linda's stored away in storage. Yeah. Some say she's still stored in that lockbox to this day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the politics thing is just like a cover-up so no one thinks she's missing. You know, it's like a fake Linda, like fake Diesel, but Linda. You know, it's all just, it's a thing. And I think she's in there and Shane just couldn't help his mother. It's a shame. It is a shame. Um, it is a shame. It, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll show myself out. <laughs> I, I think it would be something very intimate, something that Vince would never want let out about him. So that way, mm. Shane, if he wins, he has control over this, and if Vince ever tried to usurp him, he would use this against Vince. But why would Vince want to give Shane that? I don't know. Why would he want to give him the means to to take him down? Vince is a crazy man. You never know it's what Stephanie's he... paycheck because it's, it's so yeah. much bigger than Shane's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 the it's the wedding ceremony video of Stephanie's first marriage to the Macho Man Randy Savage mm. that was <laughs> hidden yeah. away forever, and then they, you know, he he just bought the tape and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> had the Macho Man done away with. Right, uh, correct. Yes, this is fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows what happened? All to that. right, it's all very violent. It's all very like clear. It could all it all be true. I think. <laughs> Perhaps so. Maybe uh, a combination of all three. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Linda holding the 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 videotape and the John Cena Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day card. card. <laughs> Goodness. Oh. like, I've been waiting, Shane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're here. I was running out of hair to eat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Very dark. Well, that, that went way morbid real fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last one from Mike Charlip at MikeJC821. He's full of mysteries today. Um, he's, he's asking, whatever happened to Juan Cena? Yes. Juan Cena. Uh, Steven, Josh, do you remember this? Juan Cena? How could you forget? Mm. Vaguely. It was Juan time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, with, since Josh took the joke of this round, go ahead and uh, <laughs> give us a description of uh, and some background information into one Juan Cena. <laughs> You do it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so the story here is the Nexus once got John Cena fired or suspended or whatever. That that happened like a million and a half times over the course of John Cena's career. Um, 
However, during a house show in Massachusetts one eventful evening, uh, John Cena did not appear. However, Juan Cena did appear. Juan Cena came out through the curtains, had a luchador mask. He competed in a match. I think involved Wade Barrett at some capacity. It was Wade Barrett and The Miz, I think. Mm, yeah. uh, this was a house show. There, there are photos, but not uh, not video footage that I can recall. Um, so, um, Juan Cena, uh, certainly a very different person from John Cena. Of uh, course. Yeah. I mean, their name's like completely different. What yeah. must have happened to Juan Cena? What, whatever happened? Whatever became of him? Yes, yeah, so Steven just held up a picture of Juan Cena. Um, yeah, that is legit. Yes, yeah. that's 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 what's <laughs> happening. That's what's going on. Um, whatever happened to Juan Cena, uh, Josh? It's a, it's a tough question, you know. Like, what happened to the great legends of this business? You know, like, there's <laughs> been many times where people have gone away, and we don't really get an answer as to why. You know, it's the age old question: Will CM Punk ever come back? What what was really at the core of this issue? What you know, we we've heard he said, she said. It's like Juan Cena was just at this house show. He didn't even want to grace us on television because he's, you know, we don't want to just come with no build. That's not fair. He's a Mexican legend, a legend. Right. So, um, what did happen to him? I think it's it's he's just he's come in, he's gone. You know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm a legend. I don't need to come to the WWE and ruin my legacy. You know what I mean? I'd be fed to the likes of the the Roman Reigns of the world, the the John Cena's of the world. I don't want to do that. I want to stand on my own. So I think he's gone off back to the the Mexican uh, scene, and we just haven't seen from him since. Maybe one day. Maybe one more time, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a very valid point. Um, I, I'm actually somewhat in agreement with you here, Josh, but but maybe a slightly different narrative. Um, you see something very similar happen to El Generico back in the day from uh, Ring of Honor and PWG yeah. fame. Uh, El Generico retired uh, to help, uh, I guess, uh, the children of a village. He was going to like teach them mm. and do do this kind of like charitable work. I think Juan Cena perhaps joined El Generico in his quest mm. to help oh. the betterment of uh, of the nice. children of uh, El Generico's hometown. Well, that's yeah. sweet. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's why we haven't seen Juan Cena since then. I like that. That puts a <laughs> smile on my face. Yeah, I had to make up for like the, the image of Linda McMahon eating her own hair to survive <laughs> inside of a lockbox. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh... So what I think happened is uh, actually not as convoluted. Actually, very very simple on the surface, really. Um, really, what I think happened was Juan Cena kind of had the same fate that, that a lot of other wrestlers have. Mm. Uh, Juan Cena is actually still signed with WWE to this day. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but, but he is actually still signed with WWE. Um, but having known WWE, it's really not surprising that we haven't seen him uh, mm. All this time. I mean, they, they have a lot of people on their roster that, that we don't see very often. Why can't they see him, Steven? Please tell me why they can't see him. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Tell me why they can't see him, Steven. I don't, I don't know what you're fishing for here. <laughs> <laughs> this don't is a ask me, because I don't know either. <laughs> this is a completely different character, oh. Tanner. If you say so. If you say so. I do. Okay. I do say it's so. It's like Hulk Hogan and Mr. America. They're two different people. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, absolutely. Mm, this is true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on then, Stephen. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's it. Uh, Juan Cena. He, oh, he's alive he, and well. He just he's alive and well. We just can't see him. Mm-hmm. We can't see him. Okay. Mm-hmm. WWE says we can't see him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Moving right along then. <laughs> uh, okay. Goodness. Hold on. Time out. Uh, okay. <laughs> what were you fishing for just then? I I was trying to, I guess, link. John Cena and Juan Cena. I see. Because neither of them can be seen. I see. I Cena. <laughs> I Cena. <laughs> Muy bien. Bueno. Gracias. Muy caliente. Muy caliente. <laughs> okay. I don't know any. I I, I know Australian. <laughs> I mean, nice. we live in Texas. You you pick up on a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, we, we should do a. You should have us on the Josh Robinson Network doing a Spanish lesson hour. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? I'll do it. <laughs> I know, I know a slight bit of French. Bonjour, je m'appelle Josh. Ooh, there you go. Hmm. Means hello, my name is Josh. For anyone that doesn't know, but that's all I really know. That's all yeah. I can remember from the grade school French. <laughs> I, I can, uh, I, I can give you some some lessons on uh, conjugation. Oh, uh, gender assigning. Oh, um, we're still rolling. Yeah. Oh, okay. Buzzwords right now. I'm like, oh, what? Yes. Oh, I'm just, I'm just making sure. Th- those are Spanish grammar words. Mm-hmm. Conjugation. Ah, yes. Yeah. It sounded quite dirty. Did it? Yeah. Well, because every every uh, noun in Spanish has a gender, yeah. uh, ending in o or a uh-huh. for for males and females. Yes. And then conjugation is uh, changing a verb, the ending of a verb. Uh, to reflect who you're talking about, whether it's a man or woman or a group mm. of individuals, or there you go. Wow. Yeah. Well, that there, 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 there's your new pitch for a new show, Josh. <laughs> Headlock Talk oh, Spanish crap. Hour. I think I just proved oh that I can God. do it. So <laughs> hit me up. I'm just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Mike uh, Charlop at Mike JC eight two one for all of your mysterious questions. Um, let me see here. Uh, Matt G, a.k.a. Matthias Black of the WTF Wrestling at IllustriousMG40 asks, Who hit KO in the face with the pie? Mm. Yes, I think we all remember this here. Uh, I think it was a 4th of July special Mm. where there was a food fight that took uh, place. And uh, Kevin Owens, he got hit with a pie. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, we never found out who the mysterious pie was. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, who do you believe hit Kevin Owens with the pie? So there's really only one person that it can be, in my opinion. Right Now, it, uh, Kevin Owens has been asked this in the past, and, and he responded saying, it, it doesn't matter who physically threw the pie, because who was responsible for the pie was Vince McMahon. Mm. Uh, so, yes, okay, in a roundabout way, yes, he is responsible. But who actually physically threw the pie? The only person that I can possibly think of that threw it is Sami Zayn. Yes, Sami Zayn was in the room. I, I, there is a picture uh, where there are clearly some suspects in the room who could have hit mm-hmm. Kevin Owens with the pie. See, I'm going Sami Zayn only because he, he's an intellectual, he's an artist, he mm-hmm. in, and he, he's very, you know, he always thinks he's above people and he's always trying to knock people down a peg. What's mm-hmm. the best way to knock someone down a peg? You make. The, the badass Kevin Owens look ridiculous by having a pie thrown in his face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's got to be Sami Zayn. 
Interesting. I, I will agree with you uh, that Sami Zayn was the one who hit Kevin Owens with the pie mm. um, for, for much more simpler reasons. Uh, they were... They they are lifelong uh, feuding persons, mm. right? They, their their feuds will always happen. I don't know. I I'm great with words, you know. <laughs> you got uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I got there eventually. Uh, but yeah, they were in a long term feud. Uh, they could turn on a feud at any point in time. Uh, but yes, I think that Kevin Owens got hit with the pie by Sami Zayn out of spite. All right. Mm hmm. Uh. Josh, though, your name is on the, the building here at the Josh Robinson Detective Agency. Who do you think hit Kevin Owens with the pie? Okay, so let me get my timeline right here. This happened in 2016. Correct. I think okay, somewhere so this would have, been, would have been obviously July. Um, you know, what? so I, I, I know. Gasp, I just solved the mystery. Um, <laughs> I think, hear me out, let me explain. I think the originator, the one who threw the pie, was actually Chris Jericho. Oh, now, wait. I know mm. what you're thinking. A couple months later, they were like best friends, and they went through all of that together. Mm. I think Jericho felt bad. He ah. felt bad for throwing that pie, and he was making it up to Kevin Owens. He's like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was a bad move. I humiliated this guy on television. Let me give my veteran experience and knowledge to this young kid coming up in the business. He won the Universal Championship. He did everything. They were the best thing about Raw. They were the top of the business. He got the word it over. Everything happened because of that pie. Mm. That is that is a very good argument, Josh. I like that. I like that argument a lot. Yeah. I think we have two key suspects here, mm-hmm. so we'll have mm-hmm. to do some more investigative work on this question. But nonetheless, we do thank you uh, uh, at illustrious MG40 for your mystery. Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Get Show Wrestling Podcast at Get Show Podcast asks. Uh, and this is a this is a picture related to question, gentlemen. So do you do you have the picture in front of you? Yes. I seen the picture, but my phone has frozen. So. <laughs> oh no. I seen the picture though. It's okay. I have it in my brain. Okay. It's the top of the tweet, so I seen it. <laughs> the question is, whatever happened to the person that made this shirt? Now this shirt is a uh, a shirt from back in the TNA days. Yes, TNA, the wrestling company. Um, it is of AJ Styles. It looks like it's um, it. Uh, what's the? It best? looks like shit. It looks like shit. Well, it also looks like it says AJ Styley. Yes. Um, so oh, it, the it, legend AJ Styley. AJ is written the Styley Clash. Yeah. <laughs> AJ is on the front of the shirt. It looks like it's written in like graffiti form, but with uh, cake icing. <laughs> And so does the back, but it says Styles. Um, and let me just say, AJ looks like he hates this shirt too. He he is very unimpressed with yeah, this shirt. Very. Um. So the question is, whatever happened to the person that made this shirt? Um. I, I guess I can't say what I was gonna say. Well, I mean, uh, I can definitely assure you this. Uh. They no longer have a job in t-shirt creating. This is true. Uh, I, I will say that. Um, I would imagine, though, that they would have made quite a good baker, or at least a cake decorator. It looks like that's kind of where they were going with all this. Maybe they're. Uh, maybe they even work at Round Rock Donuts, making those ah. world-famous cinnamon rolls. 
Mm, it could be. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. That's just my two cents, though. Josh, what do you think happened to the person that made this horrific AJ Styles t-shirt? Well, let me just first put out there that I would ironically buy this shirt 100%. Yes. <laughs> would Fair I wear enough. it in public? That's a different question. But I would ironically just stare, stare at it all day <laughs> in all of its glory. Um, Get it framed. Now, <laughs> honestly, I just look at it and it would be in every background of my like stories on Instagram. Like, oh, that's there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, didn't notice I was standing here. Um, but I will say I... I agree with you. I hope that person does n- no longer has a job in the uh, t-shirt making industry. Um, I can't really add too much more because, I mean, that's just... I wonder how many of those shirts they actually sold. TNAshop.com, back when it was that, I couldn't imagine it would be flying off the press. I wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if many TNA t-shirts flew off the press. Hey, 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 hey. I will I will back some of TNA's t-shirts because I used to love TNA back when it was TNA and back when it was like that 2008 to like 2013 era. TNA was great mm-hmm. in my okay. opinion. Hey. And I have a couple of TNA shirts. ShopTNA.com. They don't charge as much international shipping as yeah, so WWE. Shut shop. your mouth, Tanner. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, I... so you back off. Um, however... This one is particularly awful. Oh, they had some, trust me, they had some bad crap on there. Any Velvet Sky t-shirt was rough. Mm. It was just a picture of her boobs. Um, But, I don't know. You piqued Steven's interest. (laughs) I was just surprised. Like, all right. It was, though. It was literally just that. That's like like, super low effort. (laughs) (laughs) What makes Um, a great shirt? Boobs, boobs. Put it on there. Done. Get this printed. (laughs) All right, now onto the Hulk Hogan t-shirt, unironically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway <laughs> i hope they wouldn't have a job that's uh, yeah. i'll say that yeah I, I mean i'll just piggyback off of that for sure they have to be fired but th- that's really not enough here uh oh they, they i don't know man they, this is a this is a really bad shirt and, and they sh- <laughs> they should really feel ashamed that they designed this really uh-huh. uh you know stories say that the uh the uh, person in charge of hiring uh, for all of these like t-shirt designs and things uh, was actually a very nasty person. Uh, really didn't didn't like a lot of people. So is this, this is true. This is this is true. Yeah. Oh, this is damn true. spitting facts. <laughs> oh, Steven's done some really crazy undercover work here. Yeah. So uh, I actually found I out that <laughs> this shirt was printed on the designer uh, after being fired. So that oh. that was his punishment was getting this shirt printed on him permanently inked onto the mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. oh yeah that's horrific yeah i mean so <laughs> he can basically just forever you know revel in the fact that uh he designed probably the worst t-shirt ever yeah. known to exist yes mm-hmm. that, that, that would be a horrible fate and those are facts by the way i've done a lot of research on this <laughs> i i can clearly tell you're mm-hmm. taking this very seriously this is a very serious topic <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Moving right along, then I think we've solved this mystery. I think so. Uh, XGW, hashtag, I'm with AEW, at uh, XGWFed on Twitter. Uh, they also reiterate who threw the ki- the, the pie at Kevin Owens. Um, I, I feel like we, we got a good grip on this one here. Mm-hmm. We're down to Sami Zayn and Chris Jericho. It's got to be either one of them. Yeah. Is there any room for any other possible suspects? Either of you gentlemen. Did I did I see did I see Enzo in that clip? Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> Did you? Could have been him. Could have been him. Enzo's quite a dick. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. It could, it could maybe. We'll it it to... could just be Enzo just based on the fact that he's a dick. Here's the other thing. It could have been the cameraman. The, cam- mm. the cameraman may have been a Sami Zayn fan, perhaps. True. Pied him. Uh... You know, on his own, uh, on his own volition. I mean, seemingly when they walked in there, the the only person that was in that room was Kevin Owens with yeah. a cameraman. Yeah. So who who else could have thrown it? Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I I would say we can't leave the cameraman out as a suspect. All right. Well, let's put the cameraman on the list of suspects. Mm-hmm. Josh, is there anybody else who it could have been? Well, when you think about it, someone that's never going to get you know, completely blamed for for a, uh, a, a an incident like this because you're afraid of losing your job is a McMahon. Could it be Stephanie? She was the in charge of Raw at that time. You're not going to mm. be like, my boss did it. She'll be like, bitch, you fired. See you later. Right. Maybe right. it was a McMahon. Possibly. Mm-hmm. It could have been a McMahon. Maybe it was just Vince and Kevin just can't say it. And he's like, ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, it was Vince because it was Vince. Right. He's just trying to roundabout say it without mm. saying it directly. Hmm. Here is one final thought. Mm-hmm. What if, in Kevin Owens' roundabout way of explaining it, like how, how you just described here, Stephen, a, a few mo- moments ago when we first discussed this, what if Vince indeed bought that pie? So Kevin Owens is right. Vince McMahon is in charge of whatever happened with that pie. Mm-hmm. But what if, in order to make out one of the uh, the deepest mysteries of all of the wrestling universe, what if Kevin Owens himself pied Kevin Owens? Oh, shit. To start one of the, the greatest mysteries of all of wrestling lore. Or what about if it was Vince had let Linda out of the lockbox for a little party to celebrate mm. 4th of July and she went rogue? And he was like, get back in the box. Get back in the lockbox. We, we yeah. certainly wouldn't have recognized her without... You know, all that hair. That's true. Exactly. That's true. She ate all the hair. She was like, oh, I'm going to throw a cake at Kevin Owens. He's, like, <laughs> he's a nice pudgy man. I'm going to throw it at him. Yeah. And then, then Vince is like, get back in here. This is get, why I don't get, let you out. Yeah. Get back at the box. Yeah. You you reminded me why you're in there. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. She she Very had possible. a chance and she just completely lost it. She blew it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are all good theories. We're going to have mm. to hash this one out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, while we while we think on that one some more, we'll round back out to it uh, towards the end of the episode, I guess. Uh, view from the top rope at View from the Top Rope on Twitter. <laughs> oh, um, how could a woman give birth to a man's hand? Uh, this is, of course, in reference to uh, the unfortunate um, five to ten minutes that we were subjected to, where Mae Young was impregnated by Mark Henry, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, she she ultimately gave birth to a a, a, a hand. Yeah. Now, yeah. now uh, more importantly, I, I just want to say May Young, a, a white woman, Mark yes. Henry, a black man. Yes. May Young gave birth to a a, a, a white hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, hey, look, it, it can happen. You know, I suppose anything's possible I suppose. In, the, in the world of wrestling. We yeah. don't judge. No, no, no judgment. Yeah, no. just confusion. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, for me, the only way that this is possible is just an epic butchering of our understanding of anatomy and biology. You're not wrong, Stephen. Yeah. With that said, mm-hmm. how could a woman give birth to a hand? Like literally, or? I, More how, specifically, a man's hand. A man's hand. How could how could that happen? 
a man's hand. I guess technically our mothers all gave birth to a man's hand because we all have hands. This is true, but we weren't women men. give women give birth to hands all the time. But we weren't men at the time. Mm. We we were we were just well, a wee lad. But that was that hand a man at the time because he grew up to be a, mm. a, a lovely man we see him at Royal 1000 mm. he grew mm -hmm. up to be a man mm. but was it a mm. boy hand at the time mm. Mm -hmm. maybe and this, just just follow me along here mm -hmm. I've I've also done by the way sorry to cut in but we're assuming yeah. that hand's gender that could be a woman that is true that is true this and is, I apologize this, for that this is this is very true um but with that said um I I did a lot of sleuthing uh, my investigation uh, actually ended in Louisville, Kentucky, where I found... Man, you really made the rounds with yes, this one. Yes, <laughs> I had to make a lot of calls. Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately, what I found here mm -hmm. is that uh, the hand has uh, all grown up. It is now a healthy adult human hand. Oh, good. Um, Adult-sized. Uh, um, whereas our hands are, are, are rather small, um, uh, James, as he is called, is, is just one large human-sized hand um oh he, he yes i see like he, the okay yeah he, okay. he he works at a local grocery store in louisville um what he, does he do there he, he uh he he bags he manages he, he just does a lot of different uh, uh hands-on activities yeah. um and well, he's got uh, one more <laughs> limb than 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 regular humans he has five it's limbs funny, it's funny you mention james it's funny you mention him because yeah I was like putting two and two together in my brain. I actually met James when he was on holidays in Australia. I met oh. him in Sydney. Oh wow! Great guy. He's Great on the beach. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's still here, quarantined, of course, because you know, right. we're all in that time. I don't know if he was able to get out of the country to get mm. back home, mm -hmm. and if it was possible. But I actually met him. He's a lovely guy. He gave me a nice big high five. Just, just, just um, like covered himself in hand sanitizer and was just yeah. Like, oh, obviously he yeah. was just you know got to stay clean because you got to you got to stay clean. You don't mm -hmm. want to you don't want to catch any germs, which is mm -hmm. fine. Um, but you know. I didn't get a photo. I should have. I'm so yeah, sorry. Definitely. Well, see, like, mm. plus he's a huge hand, you know. So yeah. there's a lot of service yeah. area that he gave me a, a nice hand helping sanitizer. hand with um mm -hmm. with some stuff, and he showed me around. I'd never been to Sydney. He'd been there for a little while. Oh wow. Um, so it was a real hands-on experience. It was really good. I really did enjoy it. Um, and yeah. Um, you know, just a, a full full hand of fun times. You know. He, yeah. 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 Well, we we really should give uh, uh, James a hand. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, for for you know, kind of the the hard life that he's lived, but he's he's happily married. He has uh, three healthy children. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't tell me that. Mm. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Maybe, Wonder if James maybe, may leave a lead a, lead a second uh, life leave here. A, a second life. Hmm. We'll have to maybe do some more investing. <laughs> man, I thought I thought we had tied this up with a bow, and now there's another layer. Ah, man. Maybe Josh's investigative activities have. Mm. Unraveled. The That's mystery. a real handful of knowledge you're giving me. Yeah, there. see, it's always it's always <laughs> the ones that you never expect, right? And, and James is such Damn a nice you, James. guy. James, you're listening to this, James. I he remember is. you. Mm -hmm. Josh remembers you, mm -hmm. and 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 we're out there. We'll, we will find out the truth. See what's going on with with James, mm -hmm. the hand that May Young gave birth to. Huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this might have been a, a much longer story than any of us had anticipated. <laughs> Quite riveting, actually. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh goodness! All right. Well, moving on from James, that the giant hand, mm -hmm. uh, to um, to a more uh, I guess a uh, suspenseful uh topic here. Straight Edge Josh at S uh E uh, I'm sorry S Edge Josh on Twitter. 
says, or rather asks, uh, who lifted the briefcase in that McMahon and Austin match? Hmm. Yes, there was once a match. I think it was, um, uh, if, if my memory serves me correct, was this a match, uh, either of y'all, where I think Vince McMahon was going, he like put control over the uh, of the company on the line? And it was in a briefcase. Was that what was going on? That sounds familiar. There's so many things that was Austin that the, was did. that the was that one on one or was that Shane and Vince versus Stone Cold in a Man, ladder? It was a ladder match, wasn't I it? I think that is right. Mm. Um, let me see. I think could be wrong, but it was like '99. I want to say '98, '99. If if my memory's remembering that time properly. Yes. Um. Let me see here. Uh, this was, yeah, 1999, King of the Ring. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. Shane was definitely involved. I, I, I believe you're right. What was it here? Um, he was battling, yeah, Austin was battling Vince and Shane McMahon in a ladder match. Um, yeah. suspended above the ring was complete ownership shares of the company. So, yes, I think we, we have all leveled this down here. Yeah. So, who raised the briefcase? That's the mystery here. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a few people. Austin did make a lot of, mem- uh, of, of enemies. That's true. Um, back in the 1999. Um, I think, perhaps, the people most likely that were culprits were Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, mm-hmm. Vince's wow. stooges, that they got involved and uh, were raising the briefcase to prevent Austin from having ownership of the company because they would know mm-hmm. that their jobs would be on the line and uh, mm-hmm. they would not uh, survive an Austin ownership mm-hmm. of uh, WWE. See, I agree with you, but with one other stipulation, mm-hmm. that they did it uh, on the word of uh Vince McMahon basically Vince telling them to do that so he he gives Stone Cold this match to to basically give him the the idea that he has some kind of control here and and that he has uh some kind of leg to stand on in in this argument uh all the while knowing that they were going to lift the briefcase fair enough Mm -hmm. so Mm. it's kind of just like hey yeah you can come over here and we'll we'll fight for the company but we'll see how that goes for you (laughs) you know (laughs) That is uh that is quite uh quite the theory here, mm-hmm. guys. Josh, what do you think? Who raised the briefcase? Well, um I hate to circle back, but I mean Vince may have been threatening someone to be locked in a certain lockbox for quite some time. So oh, no. help me. Help me, my lovely wife, or I'll put you inside of this lockbox. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I think it might have been one Linda McMahon that may have raised that briefcase. So the, this was the one time that she she just missed getting put mm. in that lockbox. Mm-hmm. The one time, one and only time. You know, it, it just mm-hmm. delayed the inevitable, of course. Yeah, yeah. But she was doing anything to stand by her man. She didn't want to get locked in that lockbox. We don't know mm-hmm. if she was in that lockbox before, and she was let out, did the right thing. Right. Maybe he was threatening to put it back in there. Complete blackmail, but it's, you know, it's Vince McMahon. He's mm-hmm. an evil son of a bitch. This yeah. is true. He could could just be giving her, you know, the opportunity, and, and then just later on down the line, just kind of doesn't care about those opportunities anymore. Mm. Mm. Perhaps so. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe perhaps a conspiracy is afoot. 
between mm-hmm. all three of them. Vince had motives for making sure that all three of them were to raise this briefcase. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the likeliest may have been Linda. Though Linda mm-hmm. and, and Vince, they, they weren't on the best of terms at this time. All the or more so reason. we thought. Or so we thought. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Hmm. Hmm. Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... mean, not too long after this, Vince had like basically drugged her and then was making out with a hot young blonde named Tristratus. You know, she could have been let out of that lockbox. She could have been, he could have said, instead of in this lockbox, I'm just going to drug you, you know, whatever he did, allegedly, yeah. um, and put her in a wheelchair. And then she kicked him in the grapefruits, got away. And then all of a sudden, he captured her, and she's back in that lockbox. Yeah. This is all very true. This, these are things that certainly could have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I think we've got this one wrapped up here. Perhaps it was, indeed, Linda McMahon who raised that briefcase. Mm. Or could it have been Pat Patterson Gerald Briscoe? The world may never know. Or could it be a combination? It could be mm, a combination. Maybe they were conspiring, you know, a little plan altogether. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're we're right there. I think that this mm. might be where 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 we end this mystery. Hmm. Indeed, uh, the the corporate authority. Anyway, uh, so thank you, uh, uh, Straight Edge Josh, for your question. Yes, Josh, are you Straight Edge? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I had to ask the question, you know. I love how quickly he's like, no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, goodness. All righty. Our friends at United by Wrestling Podcast at UTD by Wrestling, they have an interesting mystery. Uh, what was CM Punk going to say about Vince McMahon and the Be a Star campaign before they cut off his mic on the infamous pipe bomb? Yes, yes. Do you both... I'm sure you both remember it. You you, you gotta remember the pipe bomb promo, right? Oh, no, I don't know what that is. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Dang it, Josh. <laughs> uh, so, the pipe bomb promo is... Uh, well, one night uh, before um, uh, the Money in the Bank um, pay-per-view in 2011, uh, I think this was like uh, maybe a month going into it, uh, CM Punk, uh, he helped, um, who was it? Who was, uh, he having a match with? John Cena was having a match with, maybe it was R-Truth, I think? It was a tables match. And CM Punk interfered in the tables match and put, um, uh, helped put Cena through a table. And, uh, CM Punk then sat up on the, uh, the entrance ramp. And, uh, he cut one of the most scathing promos in the history of, of WWE. One of the most infamous promos of all time, I would say. Um, because a lot of it was kind of edgy. It was breaking the fourth wall a little bit. He was talking about Colt Cabana and how John Cena was always the golden boy. But CM Punk was the best, right? It's a great, great promo. Um, I remember where I was when I saw the promo. It was, it was fantastic. Um, but unexpectedly towards the end, CM Punk was talking about, Hey, you know, this, uh, be a star campaign that we're doing and all this. Well, I got a story. And then, then the mic cuts out. They, they silenced CM Punk and he, he was up on their interest ramp yelling. I'm being silenced, uh, to the crowd as the, uh, as the, the camera fades to black. So Josh, what could CM Punk have been saying about the be a star campaign? Before his mic was cut off. Who really knows? It's CM Punk. Um, he says some stuff. 
Um, we, yes, as we all do, day to day. Uh, well, yes. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am gonna. <laughs> what could what could CM Punk have been? Hmm. Actually, oh. actually, what about? Once mm, mm-hmm. CM Punk was going to talk about the Be a Star campaign and how anti-bullying and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these one of these kids in these schools that you know were speaking up found out about Vince McMahon locking Linda McMahon in a lockbox. <laughs> yes, yes, well, yes. We we keep diving into this, mm-hmm. uh, and then boom, Mike Cut cannot have that come out. Mm. It's too risky. Walk away. I don't give a shit anymore. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I mean, my opinion is very similar to that one. Uh, yes, I thought so. Mm-hmm. However, uh, really what I think CM Punk was talking about is that the Be A Star campaign was Linda's idea. It was 100% ah. Linda's idea. However, Vince loved it so much that it, he wanted it to be his idea. He really wanted it to be his idea. So oh, what, that he did, familiar. what he did was he locked Linda in this lockbox. And the only person mm-hmm. in the company that knew about it was CM Punk. Mm, mm-hmm, ah, all mm-hmm. oh, circles back. So. Man, we really got a case in this one. If we don't go for it, it's, I mean, yikes! This company's yeah. going downhill fast. I think we might need to start a civil suit. <laughs> yes, mm. we, we need to hire maybe, a lawyer. Yeah, use our, uh, you know, maybe do a, a citizen's arrest, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm. Try and try and get this taken care of. Um, so in truth. Because uh, CM Punk actually explains this incident on uh, the infamous Colt Cabana podcast. Um, he really was going to tell a story about some bullying that takes place inside of WWE. And how he and maybe other people were being bullied inside of WWE. Uh, that sounds way more likely. But uh, but he yeah. was silenced. And uh Yeah. Uh, that's that's basically what was uh, going to happen. Did he ever mention who the bullies were? That is to be determined, perhaps. I mean, we, we could have several different culprits. I mean, you've definitely got uh, Triple H, who mm-hmm. obviously never liked CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even unretired himself to come back and beat CM Punk just to go back into retirement. That's how much yeah, Triple he H... Did. Yeah, he, he did. He 100% <laughs> did that. Um, so I, I think maybe Triple H... I think uh, I think Vince McMahon always kind of liked Punk, though he never really knew how to use him properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that um, I think that has a lot to do with this as well. Uh, maybe perhaps Vince um, was bullying someone, and uh, CM Punk caught wind of this, or even was a first person witness to this. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe CM to be Punk- honest, I think CM Punk is kind of whiny. Um. He yeah, whines I mean, and complains a lot. Like, dude, you had probably one of the better careers that a lot of people would dream of. And I understand some things don't go your way, but that's called life. Not everything goes your way. Make the most of it or shut the hell up. Wow. I mean, you certainly have a point. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty valid. I will say that, that uh, CM Punk, he he is very um, opinionated, and he uh, he does not mind sharing these opinions uh, whenever he gets the opportunity. So it, it, it would not surprise me at all that maybe he comes off as pretty whiny, and I think that probably a lot of other people, in truth, get rubbed I'm the whiny. wrong way about that. Yeah. I'm whiny. I'm CM Punk. I'm whiny. 
Get them, Josh. Well, there you go, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, th- I think this one here we can consider mystery solved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, you're you you love this next person, Josh. Um, Mags All Pods had DEJ Kirkby on Twitter. He's got a mystery. He asks, or he's actually got a couple. Who was the anonymous GM? Yeah, the the anonymous raw general manager. I'm sure he's making reference to here. Um, uh, if you remember, uh, there was one day an anonymous raw general manager um podium where a laptop sit. Yep. It would make that exact sound. The lights would flash, and then Michael Cole would have to read an email that was sent to the laptop, uh, so that uh, you know we would know what this uh, mysterious person was wanting us to know. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I have an, an unironic uh, answer to this question, and, and I really think this this uh, could possibly be true. Oh, okay. I think it was Triple H. You think Triple H was the anonymous writer? I think it was Triple H. I think that Vince gave Triple H uh, full control over one segment of the show as a trial run. Hmm. Basically just to see, okay, let's see what you got. Hmm. But in order to not tarnish the brand, put it under this anonymous GM gimmick so that it doesn't see like it doesn't seem like Vince booked this. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Josh, what's your take? On the anonymous raw general manager. Don't worry, I'm not going to say Linda. Um, it's wasn't it revealed as Hornswoggle? So it was revealed as Hornswoggle at one point, but I think that they also kind of like stepped back on that a little bit. Like they backtracked and was like, "Oh, maybe right. it's not Hornswoggle." I don't know. Um, right on, right on. This was well, all a very confusing time in WWE land, last I recalled. Yeah. Um. That noise still does haunt me sometimes <laughs> in my sleep. Mm. I will admit, sometimes I'm laying there, I'm like, what's that noise? And then it's that, and then I get the image of Michael Cole, and um, <laughs> it's it's a lot, but... um, It's a bit disturbing, huh? Well, if you want to call it disturbing, some would call it disturbing, some would call it intimate, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But um, it's... I don't know. You know what? I don't... I think it was Hornswoggle. He was under the ring. I mean, Edge destroyed that laptop. Um, but, you know, who? Uh, it was a weird time. Maybe it was the celebrity guest host that they had as well. Maybe they were behind the raw. Mm. Maria Menounos. There you go. I'm going to say it's Maria Menounos. Oh, there you go. That is a good shout. Maria Menounos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout she- out to E and all of the channels that she... Does she run them? I don't know what she owns. Some of them, doesn't she? I think she's a smart lady. She's a businesswoman. Yeah, it's a business decision. Run a wrestling company. She loves wrestling. She won at WrestleMania. We didn't. None of us have. This is true. It's true. This is true. She's undefeated. I think at WrestleMania. Yeah, eat your heart out, Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Undertaker. You're not as good as Maria Menounos. Actually, I believe Maria Menounos is undefeated in wrestling. She had multiple matches, and she never got beat. Hey, fair. There you go. That's uh, that's quite the story. I like. So that. yeah, Maria Menounos is the anonymous raw general manager and the channel of E. Mm. <laughs> I think, possibly, it could have been none other than John Cena. John Cena would use the anonymous raw general manager uh, capabilities here. Uh, he he just 
totally forged this, made it up. He made he got everybody convinced backstage that there was actually a, an anonymous Raw GM. Had them build the pol- the podium, the whole nine yards, set up the laptop. Uh, but uh, it was John Cena all along sending those emails from backstage to make sure he could get one up on everybody else, just to make sure that he kept his his top spot. And even in the matches where John Cena was there, he always knew that there would be an automated auto-send email response uh, from his own private computer set up to be scheduled at a certain time to make sure that it would be there for all of us to hear. Yeah. That's my theory. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. So maybe, maybe perhaps we've, we've cracked this case here as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're down to three. We're down to three. We got mm-hmm. John Cena, we got Triple H, and Maria Menounos, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Mm. All equally viable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mags also asks, who was behind oh, GTV, no. the precursor to the current hacker? Yes, GTV was... Um, uh, it was like a like a hidden camera kind of thing where it would always catch like different things going on backstage. I think that's how um, mm-hmm. that's how Eddie Guerrero uh, was caught uh, cheating on China. Perhaps I think yes. is what one of the story was. And then uh, the other one, the more infamous one, is uh, uh, Mark Henry. Um, he uh, he and uh, um, May Young got caught, you know, doing the doing the thing. Of course, and uh, the deed. Yeah, the deed, mm-hmm. and that resulted in GTV also catching on air, May Young mm. giving birth to uh, um, James. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, ah, yeah. James. Yeah, good old James. What a guy. Yeah, oh, still got to investigate him. He's got that that double life thing going on there. It's so true. Got to got to figure that out. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty. Tanner. Yeah. This will be a very hands-on case. Yes. Um. But um. Yeah. Who was behind GTV? Josh, do you have any theories on who was behind GTV? Well, GTV ran for quite some time, if mm. I remember. It ran for a few years, because I remember multiple segments of one, the introduction of Victoria to WWE screens. She mm-hmm. was uh, talking to her at the mirror and talking to cut, cutouts of Trish Stratus because she was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I remember GTV. So, it, you know, GTV really didn't target one specific kind of mid-card people they targeted anybody yes gtv now do we think it's one person do we think it's multiple people what who really is behind gtv i think personally that maybe wwe and mtv may have been striking up some trying to get back their relationship after heat they mtv was on heat Mm. for a little while if everyone remembers and they wanted to seem cool to the kids. You know, they were losing them from the Attitude Era. We need to get them cool. Let's do like a punked kind of cross-brand thing with MTV. The deal fell through. WWE jumped the gun. They're like, uh-oh. And then it was ended. Mm-hmm. So I think MTV, the channel, maybe it was Ashton Kutcher himself behind GTV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, my notes here are actually eerily similar to your investigation here, Josh. Um, I, I do agree with the MTV plot of this here, um, but where does the G come in and, and who, who's behind the G? Well, it would be none other than comedian Tom Green. Yes. Comedian Tom Green, who has had relationships with both MTV and 
kind of WWE to an extent. He, he was trying to maybe dip his toe into the water a little bit, do some hidden camera stuff, maybe some gotcha stuff, and then maybe Tom Green realized, man, there's some juicy footage here. But he never wanted anybody to know who it was for fear of his life, obviously. Of course. Tom Green, a very delicate human. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he would not want to get uh, beat up backstage by these roided-out wrestlers. Uh, so, Tom Green... He is the one. Was that the dude that was married to Drew Barrymore? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's all I know him for. (laughs) Yeah. Is Drew is Drew Barrymore Australian? No. No. I thought I thought I thought thought one of the the Charlie's Angels was Australian. Maybe I'm thinking. Really? I don't think so. No, she's Uh, American. uh, One of the Charlie's Angels is Australian. Really? I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. Cameron Diaz is not Australian. No, she's not. And neither is uh, what's the other one? Well, there's Lucy Liu, and then uh, there yes. was uh, who was the, the, the blonde? Who was the blonde? Um, uh, Cameron Diaz. Da da da. It was Cameron Diaz. There was only three, right? Yeah, there was three. So Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz mm-hmm. is okay. retired, guys. Did you know that? I just looked up her Wikipedia. She's a retired American actress, author, producer, and model. I, Damn. I, I did not know that Cameron Diaz is retired. No. Interesting. Damn. Hmm. Interesting. She's also 47 years old. Wow. Hey. Do you. Yeah. You Do yourself. Yeah. If you... Uh... Shout out to you, Cameron Diaz, for all the mediocre movies you've been in. Oh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> all right. Well, before Josh just totally burns down the career of Drew Barrymore, yeah. uh, <laughs> Stephen, what are your thoughts on who did uh, the GTV? Yeah, so so through my investigation, uh, I found a interview with Chris Jericho where uh, pretty much someone asks him straight up, you know, who was who was responsible for this GTV thing. Now he said that who was responsible for it was Tom Green, hmm. the person you just said. But that seems too easy, doesn't it? Perhaps so. That seems a little too easy. I mean, it, it wouldn't be on wrestling's greatest mysteries if it was that simple. If Chris Jericho was just like, oh yeah, it's him. So, what if this story isn't over? Mm. What if the author of GTV is actually still currently doing the hacker thing? Ooh, so GTV is the hacker? It's one and the same. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe possible. Yeah, maybe they're they're like they hid for fear of their life mm-hmm. and the, they're still there. Yeah, collecting footage. Still in their their safe house, you know. Now that this would uh, this would kind of blow out your theory on who the hacker is as Mustafa Ali because was he even born then <laughs> during GTV couldn't so it can't be Mustafa Ali yeah, I mean he may have been well, he, he, may have he been was too... alive he's older than I am and I was alive <laughs> mm, yeah he, he may have been too little to uh, maneuver and hold the cameras unless he was or he a could... super super smart cam- uh, computer genius and could hack say, into the cameras he's a hacker prodigy. Ooh, mm-hmm. hacking computers since he was old enough to walk. Steven has it's got some fiery insight into so, this mystery. GTV could be Mustafa Ali. Perhaps so. Perhaps. Perhaps so. Can't hate that. Can't hate that. No. Can't hate it at all. That's that long-term booking. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for your mystery. We greatly do appreciate that, Mags. That is, uh, th- those are some, some very interesting mysteries. Hey Mags, Mags, this is a this is a direct message to you. Oh shit. We have a truce and I'll live by that truce. But just remember, you come for me, I come for you. Very intimate. Much oh, love. 
<laughs> Intimate. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, moving right along. Uh, wrestling with MMA at uh, HJWOTS. Uh, so they, uh, they're asking, what does the B in B. Brian Blair stand for? Mm-hmm. Yes, B. Brian Blair, part of the Killer Bees. Um, I think he was in one of the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episodes recently, but mm-hmm. my, my memory fails me as to which one. Um, B. Brian Blair, what does the B stand for? Steven? Well, it's got to stand for bees, right? Bees, Brian Blair. It's part of the killer bees, man. Well, per- it's got to be. Possible. It's got to be. Interesting. Josh, what does the B in B Brian Blair stand for? Well, we did have a little bit of a discussion about this beforehand mm-hmm. because I wasn't particularly sure who this man was, mm-hmm. but um. I believe it was Stephen that brought up the fact that his bottom of his stomach looks like balls, like a big <laughs> pair of balls. So I'm going to go with let's, balls. Let's let's give some context here. Um, mm. If you go to Wikipedia and look up B. Brian Blair, um, the picture shown is not necessarily the most flattering picture. He is an older God, that's man. That's being nice. He has no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Um, <laughs> Josh going in hot on B. Brian Blair here. Oh, um, yes, the picture is not the most flattering. Um, he's he's an older man. He's, he is he, an older man. He shouldn't be in that ring. No. Um, but uh, and they should probably put a more flattering picture of him on the Wikipedia page. Certainly, please. Mm-hmm. And tuck in his balls into his tights. They just hang <laughs> over the top. <laughs> so, so there you I go. I mean, guys, let's let's all be real. Yeah. Lads out there, we've all had our our fellas slip out of our our underwear at some point, and you're going, "Oh shit! I better, you know, tuck them back in there." This guy has them over the top. It's like uh, just put them in there and tuck them away. And if you're going to no, not wear a shirt, at mm. least do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Free plug. Thanks to Tommy John's, the Texas gentleman. They stay nice and snug. <laughs> Keep my balls in place. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're not paid by Tommy John's, just for clarification. But Tommy John's, if you're out there, yeah, good underwear. Yeah, you, I yeah. thought you were on the me undies kick. Hey, what, what happened there? You shut your whore mouth. Oh shit! <laughs> what can did I just open up? What, what's wrong? Hey, look. who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? Did me undies hurt you? No, 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 no. They're fine. Me undies also makes great underwear. Oh, like they actually do. I have some me undies. They are okay. good. Yeah, they're they're good. Tommy John's and me undies both make great underwear. Okay, I wear a lot of Calvin Klein's. Just putting it out there. Oh, okay, there you go. Mm, so anybody, fancy and bougie. Yeah, if anybody <laughs> wants to know who, <laughs> what kind of underwear we wear in this podcast, now yeah. you know. I'm broke as hell, so fruit of the loom. Yeah, ju- what up, <laughs> Steven wears pants. I do, and that's, that's I do all, wear pants. That's all you need to know. <laughs> he's got a he's got his pantaloons on. Yeah, he's yeah. just like he's just like. What's it to you? Yeah. <laughs> What's it matter? What's under here? You ain't gonna see it unless you want to. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so unless. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. Uh, dot B, dot dot. The the B and B Brian Blair stands for um, bald. He was losing his hair at the time. Uh, yeah. That's 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 what's going on there. Rogaine. It's not gonna. It's not gonna fix everything. Man, we're just destroying this, this guy. This poor man. Jesus. 
<laughs> so bald, bald Brian Blair. That's that's him. Uh, also because Vince wanted him to fully shave his entire head by the time that he made it to WWF. Um, that's that's yeah. Is that's, that a real thing? Um, what do you mean? This whole thing is real, Stephen. Well, I know, but like Linda McMahon is actually in the lockbox. I Steven. know. I I just like <laughs> what's the timeline on that? Like when when was that? Um, when was he in the um? When, when did Vince tell him to to shave his whole head? Um, you I'm know, curious that one time. Oh, okay. It was that the, one time. No, yeah. I, you don't need to elaborate further. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, let's see here. Uh, also, thank you for your question regarding B. Brian Blair. We certainly do appreciate that. Um, rest, uh, I'm sorry, Wells Mania podcast at Wells Mania says um, that they... Uh, they did this on their podcast once. It was a lot of fun. I even attempted my Robert Stack impression, and then it was never heard or seen from again. Hmm. And then they, they posted a link of their episode. Um, I'm not sure where the mystery is, but a tip of the hat to you for also doing this concept once previously. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, the Josh Robinson Detective Agency is uh, very much an original concept, though. Yes. So, there you go. Trademark. Yes copyright TM. Oh, it's owned by josh i forged the documents in josh's name for the for the plaque outside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lovely so, sorry josh <laughs> love that, no, <laughs> love that. like sweet i own a company All yeah right. yeah yes. uh, uh, i'll send you the mortgage paperwork later oh, thank shit. you <laughs> um let me see here so thank you wells mania for pointing out that you've also done this kind of topic before good job you did it um let me see here uh, Slam Hub Wrestling at Slam Hub W on Twitter. Uh, their mystery is: Is there actually a second roof at WWE headquarters? Uh, we all know what's happened or what did happen to Rey Mysterio and uh, Aleister Black recently at uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, they were thrown off this roof by Baron Corbin, and uh, we were all led to believe that they were dead. However. They were still alive the next night on Raw, and actually saying that they felt pretty good because they landed on a secondary roof next to WWE headquarters. So, Josh, is there a second roof at WWE HQ? This is probably the most easy one out of them all. Yes, because they're still alive. Right. Unless somehow they have... Well, Alistair does have some kind of weird, spooky powers, I'm sure, in mm. that, that that vessel of his. Um <laughs> Perhaps he can fly. Maybe he caught Rey Mysterio and they they flew away. Oh, um, wow. You know what? Yeah, I'll go with that. Alistair Black can fly. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> and he picked him up and he flew away and he said, damn, Rey, I hope you don't get your eyes gouged out tomorrow. And then he flew him away and they had a tag <laughs> match. Oh, shit. oh goodness. Well, that is that is quite the uh, quite the plausible story. I, I like that. Maybe Zelina married Alistair because he can fly, and he impressed them on their first date. I see. He's like, let me pick you up, literally, <laughs> look, and then I, fly away to our date. Yeah, I know you weren't the biggest fan of that death metal show, but <laughs> before we go to I dinner, can fly. I need to show you something. Yeah, <laughs> and then he and then he swooped her off her feet. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Zelina's yeah. there like, uh, 
I've had other men try and do this on the first dates before too. Wait, really? Zelina's <laughs> like, like trying to impress she, him, and Zelina's like, "Oh, you know, I was in a movie. <laughs> I, was, I played. I was in Paige's movie, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever. I can fly." <laughs> yeah, well, I know the the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> So, so there you I go. I know the rock. <laughs> I know the rock. <laughs> um, uh, well, um, good luck beating that, by the way, because that's definitely what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Alistair Black's uh, flying powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is a possibility. Um, Stephen, you, you you came to me with some photographic evidence here. I did. What what are your findings here? Yeah. Is, so, is there a secondary roof? So I did a little sleuthing here, and uh, good old Google. Ah, yeah, did did an image search here. Um, mm. There, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh-huh. There are very few photos of the roof of mm. WWHQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm kind of confused here. Uh, now, if if you look at the front of the building, mm-hmm. um, doesn't doesn't appear to have a second roof. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, d- definitely looks pretty straight. But, I mean, it's got to right. It, it has to. It it probably does. My thinking is here, and if I'm being, if I'm looking at all this correctly, um, where they probably ended up was right at the very top part here. If you, if you just do a Google search as Stephen and I just did, you'll see the the, the WWE building. You just search WWE HQ. If you look at the old building. Um, where they probably ended up is somewhere in my mind, perhaps um, on or near that uh, that the actual WWE like part up at the very top of the building. Okay, I found a picture that is yes. gonna blow this whole thing apart. Oh crap! Aha! Yes. Oh, Stephen. So. Steven has actually found the 100% exact photographic evidence. Irrefutable. Yes. Yes. So, uh, no, there is not a second roof on WWHQ. What you had here was a a false barricade, if you will. Ah. Uh, So so basically, the, the roof was made to look smaller than it was. And then there is a mat on the other side. Sorry. Well... I still like to believe, perhaps, that Aleister Black does indeed have flying powers. I would like to believe that as well. But mm-hmm. but perhaps this is simpler, as Steven has made it look to be. I mean, man, that looks pretty... Uh, pretty cheap. Pretty black and white right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see here. Well, thank you, Slam Hub uh, Wrestling, for your mystery. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Mahan, I believe that's how, how your name is pronounced, if I butchered it, I do apologize, but Brett, at Brett underscore Mahan. No, it's man. Man? Mahan? Well, that's how McMahon is spelled. Brett Mahan. Brett Mahan. Brett asks, why Brett didn't Rick Mahan? Mart- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> why didn't Rick Martell ever wear the Intercontinental Belt as a heel? Um... Probably because Rick Martel was a heel, and he felt as though maybe wearing the Intercontinental Championship here uh, was below him. I, I Perhaps he disdained that, thinking that maybe he was worth more than the Intercontinental Championship. Maybe mm. he figured he alone was the championship. Or it, it could be something like uh, 
he's you know he is a heel, so he's being like, "Hey, fans, look at this thing that you love so much." I don't give a single crap about it. Yeah, I'm yeah, a single crap. I about agree. It. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. 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 I think these are all good thoughts here. Mm-hmm. So, Brett, I hope we answered your mystery correctly. I think so too. Uh, Doggo Love at BC One L O, or is that a zero? Looks like a zero. It looks like a zero. V and then the number three. Doggo Love asks. Uh, what is the mystery of Triple H listening to Smarks and destroying WWE after pushing Daniel Bryan in 2014? What? Uh, so I guess um, maybe what Doggo Love is asking is, um, why did Triple H perhaps listen to us Smarks on the internet um, uh, and, and uh, somehow, in Doggo Love's opinion, destroyed WWE Um after pushing Daniel Bryan 2014. I guess they're talking about the influx of uh, uh, more independent talent, perhaps. Uh, maybe listening to the internet more. Um, yeah. Because hmm. it's Daniel Bryan? I mean, what? What? Yeah. Like, what do you want? I'm, like, <laughs> it's Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why he got pushed. Because he's Daniel Bryan. Perhaps. Um, I, I think that, uh, I mean, with, with NXT kind of being Inception around here and, like, them trying to push that more as a single solitary product and uh, really ramping that up, um, I think that they saw Daniel Bryan and kind of the feats that he was able to accomplish in WWE and said, you know what, there's probably a million other Daniel Bryans out there that we could also get and uh, put over in this company. And uh, they signed up. You know, everybody from sea to shining sea all mm-hmm. across the world. So uh, that's my take. They saw Daniel Bryan's success and believed that they could replicate it a million times over. Mm-hmm. But Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I would say the same thing. To be completely serious, I would say the same thing. It's just they've seen it everywhere else, so why can't it be done here in the, the be-all, end-all? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I, th- I think that wraps up that mystery. So thank you, Doggo Love, for your mystery. Yes, thank you. Glad we could crack that case. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, and perhaps the most riveting mystery of all of these here, Nick Caso, or Caso, I think it's Caso is what it looks like. I, it's getting to that point in the day where I can't read anymore. At in Caso, 1989, Nick asks, who tried to kill... Vince McMahon. Yes, I believe what he's referring to is the uh, the infamous spot where Vince is, you know, leaving the ring. Uh, he's walking through the back. Everybody's kind of like watching him. You know, uh, he he basically parts the sea of wrestling talent backstage, and he's making his way to the limousine when it explodes on screen. So, who tried to kill Vince McMahon? Vince Russo. Oh, there can shit. be only one. There can be only one Vince. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Interesting. Yep. So mm-hmm. is, is it, that's it. That's it. I mean, I mean, Vince Russo was like, I've had enough of this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be the only Vince. And he blew up Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. He was tired of being uh, the number two Vince. Mm-hmm. 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 So and I'll listen to y'all's arguments, but that is what happened. So that's kind of why he's laying low, like doing his own podcast, kind mm-hmm. of being out of the wrestling business. He's just trying to be like, uh, well, I mean, he attempted murder. Don't want to blow my cover. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He he attempted murder. He's got to he's got to stay low. 
for sure. Yeah. Especially, I mean, attempted murder on the most well-known guy in the industry. I mean, mm. you got to you got to stay kind of far away from that industry after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That's a good answer. I, I like that answer. Thank you. Um, Josh, who tried well, to blow up Vince McMahon? Well, that was a very infamous night in professional wrestling history. Unfortunately, an infamous week. Well, f- yeah, for other reasons. Um, we, 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 we seen Vince McMahon walk down the hallway. Greeted all the all the talent was standing. He got into that limo and shut the door and kaboom! There goes Vince McMahon, allegedly meant to write off the Vince McMahon character forever. Obviously, reasons didn't happen, but yes, I think the answer is pretty obvious here. There was mm-hmm. only one man smiling at Vince McMahon in that hallway, ah. and that was one Paul London. Hmm. Paul London. He was smiling. Maybe he he did it all along. Maybe he knew all along. He's like, yeah, shut that door, old man. You're going to blow up. <laughs> Do it, yes. So, so, Josh, with your findings here, what was Paul London's motive for trying to kill Vince McMahon? I don't know. Maybe he just didn't like him. <laughs> he just, he just didn't, didn't get along maybe well. Maybe he knew about that lockbox. He was trying to get at it for Linda. B- bad food and catering. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the mysteries are, you know... Just keep unraveling mm-hmm. here. Um, my findings uh, showed that, uh, like a lot of these other Vince-related mysteries, it was in fact Linda McMahon. She oh. was trying to save us Linda. Oh. from from the next coming decade of content that Vince was already starting to write down in his yellow notepad, as we all saw at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. That's where yes. Vince does all of his work. She saw all of his notes. She knew what was going to happen. And while Vince had some good ideas, she was trying to save all of us from a potentially fatal amount of programming. Mm-hmm. So she decided to take Vince, uh, uh, Vince's limo, put a trip wire in it, set some explosives, and blow him up. That way, she could install Triple H, yes, her son-in-law, as the new head of WWE. Mm. Mm-hmm. Certainly could be. Yes. Certainly could be. This. These are all fascinating mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think we got down to the bottom of, of some of these. I hope we answered them to the best of our abilities. And uh, yeah, I th- think we got all the mysteries solved. Gentlemen, did. are there any mysteries that come to your mind that maybe we need to solve next before we close the show? Hmm. Not really, no. No? We covered it all. <laughs> yeah. Covered all the mysteries? Yeah. Mm. I'll get back to you, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there will be a second episode of the Josh Robinson Detective Agency somewhere in the future. I hope so. But until then, Josh, where can the people find you online? Um, Well, you can find me at JoshRobinson00 on Twitter. You can find me at pretty much that handle everywhere. Um, And I'm always around tweeting some nonsense. Of course, I have my own network of shows, which you can find. If you just go to my Twitter, you'll find all the links. You need to mm. find whether it's wrestling, whether it's non-wrestling, whatever you want to do. Um, I do a lot of Twitch streaming and stuff like that. If you feel like coming and hanging, watch me play video games or just hang out and chat. I am everywhere. I'm doing something all the time. So just, I don't know, find me on Twitter. That is the easiest place to do so. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Yes, Josh, uh, the proprietor of the Josh Robinson Network, produces a lot of great content mm-hmm. we're we're so grateful to have him on today because we know how uh how busy your schedule is josh um 
as far as this week's album of the week, yes, it is still King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard Month here on Headlock Talk. Josh, uh, you are also from Australia. How much of King Gizzard do you know? Didn't know it existed. Oh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. But yes, I am from Australia. Thank you for pointing that out. I don't tell people enough. You're welcome. Uh, so King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, uh, based out of Melbourne, Australia, we've been reviewing uh, or, or at least recommending their albums uh, for the last month, uh, and we're, we're coming to an end. Uh, so what Thank we're... you for not saying Melbourne like Mel- most American citizens do. Mel- Melbourne. 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 Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. Mate. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Melbourne. 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 Brisbane. Brisbane. Adelaide. But I don't hear an R in, in Melbourne. Because we don't, we're lazy. We don't pronounce those letters. <laughs> okay, uh, I see. I okay, see. Okay. So it's a I, silent R. I noticed something with like the way Americans spell things is the way they say them. Mm-hmm. Like mm. we say Melbourne because that's how it's spelt. We we pronounce. We're just really lazy people. We don't even say McDonald's. We say Maccas. We're going to Maccas. But you pronounce the R right there. Maccas. M a w c a. But 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 it's but it comes across as Mackers. Mackers. M a c c e r apostrophe s. We'll call him Mickey D's. There you go. Yeah, we, that yeah, doesn't we, have an R. Yeah, we say Mickey D's here. Yeah, Mickey D's. It's mm-hmm. kind of a universal Mackers. thing. Yeah, we're very lazy people, but yes, Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. Australian <laughs> word of the day. There you go. We <laughs> learn. Drop some knowledge here. Yes. Back to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> uh, they uh, uh, accomplished an, uh, uh, a massive feat in 2017. Um, I know last week we reviewed 2016's Nonagon Infinity, which uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on the record player here in a minute. Hey. Uh, but um, in 2017, they released not one, not two, not three, but five albums. Five albums over the course of 2017 alone, uh, starting with Flying Microtonal Banana, which is uh, actually a pretty psychedelic trip uh, through... Um, Microtones. If you're a musician out there, you probably know a little bit about this. Microtones are the tones and sounds in between notes. So they tune their instruments to a certain point to where, uh, yeah, you get these kind of cool little notes uh, and, and kind of like a little bit of spontaneity there. Very cool stuff. Microtonal Banana, a very wonderful album. Following that was Murder of the Universe, which uh, also is a, a pretty interesting, psychedelic, a little bit more heavy kind of album and concept, um, but it's more um, spoken word based. There's a, They have a, um, a female, uh, uh, I guess, vocalist reading and kind of narrating these stories as they play the song, so it is... It is a little bit off the wall, but if you don't mind spoken word, it's not too shabby. Uh, following that was Sketches of Brunswick East. Am I saying that right, Josh? Brunswick? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're saying all these words. Yeah. Sketches of Brunswick East uh, is a is actually a jazz album. Hey. Uh, it's a jazz album uh, that is done in partnership with fellow band Mild High Club. 
Uh, they uh, they're just doing some jazz. That's a great name. Yeah, Mild, Mild High Club. It's pretty. That's fucking it's awesome. Pretty dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, they they put on some great work uh, in, in this album. I, as a fan of jazz, really enjoyed it. Um, after that was Polygon to Wandaland. Yes, that's quite a mouthful. Um, this one is more of a progression into prog rock with uh, with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard doing psychedelic music layered with uh, uh, their their usual uh, proggy kind of uh, themes and stuff. Um, there is a there is quite a story <laughs> in in this album. So if you like themes and storytelling in your music, it's pretty great. Crumbling Castle is a really great tune off of this track. And then last but not least. Because all these albums here that came before it had a little bit of a theme, their final album, Gumboot Soup, uh, is a kind of a buffet style, kind of little bits and pieces of jazz, prog rock, uh, you know, microtonal kind of concepts uh, all throughout the album, plus a little bit of heaviness too. Um, let's see here, Gumboot Soup, a, a little bit of a favorite of mine as well. Uh, just because I like the the, diver- the diversity, diversity, the diversity. I like, I like that diversity. Um, <laughs> really, in there, really bringing out the Texas gentleman. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Muddy Water, one of my favorite tracks off of that album. So these are the five albums that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard did in 2017. All pretty great songs, pretty great albums. So highly recommend that. Um, so yeah, make sure to check those out as well. Um, Beyond that, as far as Headlock Talk is concerned, you can find us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Just go ahead and type that in. Yeah, look, you're doing it right there. Type it in. Bam. Headlock Talk on Twitter. Hit that uh, follow button. I'll follow you back. We can talk. We don't have to talk. We can talk. I'm always here to talk. Headlock Talk. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also <laughs> hit us up um, for business inquiries at headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com for any business inquiries. Looking at you. Tommy John's. Yes. There you go. And then, of course, while you're here listening to our show, why don't you just take a moment, scroll up on that page, see that subscribe button. Go ahead, give it a little, give it a little boop. Get a click on that subscribe button. Get a little. There you go. And uh, yeah, now that you've got that, you'll get all of our new episodes. Look at that. That's a big favor we just did. You saved you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It was right? really easy too. Really easy. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a five star rating review wherever you listen to podcasts. Be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, wherever we want to, we want to be number one on those charts. Yes, so please help, help us, help us, help you, help us get there. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Beyond that, gentlemen, is there anything else uh, that uh, that we need to cover today? You want some breaking news? This might not be breaking by the time this uh, episode comes out. I'm down for some breaking news. Uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet has confirmed Drew Gulak has been released from WWE. Oh! Contract expiry, uh, I was reading just before. Oh! That's crazy. That is some breaking news. Dang. Yeah, while the release has not been announced publicly, sources tell us he has indeed been let go from his contract. Okay, well, since uh, this this release is uh, this uh, mm, this is shocking. Yeah, this is very shocking. We're doing this episode in advance, so you know by the time that you guys actually hear it, it probably will or will not have been confirmed. We don't know. We'll see what uh, happens. It, I, it got confirmed, but he was moved to the um, alumni section mm-hmm. of WWE, and apparently it was completely they just could not come to an agreement on a new deal. It's just expired, which means Oof. he doesn't have non complete. 
uh, non-compete, does it? If it deal expires, right? That would be true. He could go wherever he wants to go once mm-hmm. uh, once things kind of settle. Apparently, he was looking to get out for a little while. If you watch his Twitch streams, he always talked about life after WWE all the time. Mm. Apparently, it was maybe it was more of a him than them. Maybe he wanted to go do other things, right. which is good for him. Perhaps so. Yeah. Also, good. since this episode is coming out, we're recording this in advance. I can proudly say that i'm very happy because uh in a week's time when this releases or a week and a bit whenever this is releasing Mm -hmm. um the iconics will be tag team champions again so i'm gonna be happy nice (laughs) good good times great memories well josh um i can't thank you enough for once again stopping by on headlock talk we always love having you on here and uh it, it makes me smile and laugh every time we we have you on so uh thank you so much from the bottom of my heart i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day sir I will. I'll expect the check in the mail for the amount of times that I've come on. <laughs> uh, y- yes, I will also send you that that m- mortgage paperwork. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Two birds, one stone, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I got to save on postage, Josh. It's very expensive to send stuff to Australia. Um, but yeah, you guys take care. We love you out there, and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye bye. Later. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply.